Welcome to episode 15 of the Give Us Time podcast, the podcast that highlights the extraordinary members of our armed forces and their families. This episode, we have an extraordinary guest. She's the CEO and founder of Recruit for Spouses. For those of you who don't know, Recruit for Spouses is an independent social enterprise dedicated to supporting, championing, and finding gainful employment for our amazing armed forces, spouses, and partners. It launched in 2009 to help wives and partners into work. Since then, they have helped almost 6,000 partners of military workers, mostly wives, into jobs around the country. She has won the Women in Defence Award, David Cameron's Big Society Award, and she's been granted a fellowship at the Royal Academy of Arts. So we are honoured to welcome Halef Kendrick onto the podcast. Halef, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Alex, for having me here. Um, and the first question I want to go and ask you, if you can let the listeners know a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Oh, where did I grow up? Gosh, I grew up in a small town called Goodeck in Pembrokeshire in Wales, which is a beautiful part of the country, which is far, far away from, uh, from here. Um, but yeah, I grew up there. I was very lucky to have a, a lovely childhood and um, yeah, grew up there. Oh, absolutely brilliant. So did you have, do you have a military background at all then? No, not at all. So I, um, when I went to school, um, I left school with not many qualifications. <laughs> I wasn't really, I was into more, I was into horses. Um, I was mad about horses. Um, Amazing. So I had this dream of riding in the Olympics when I was kind of 15, 16 and didn't really listen to my parents. So I, I went uh, abroad. I went to America at 17 um, and I worked for the American Olympic team and then I worked for the Canadian Olympic team for a short while and then um, went to Australia and uh, New Zealand and worked for the New Zealand team. So that was take, took a good 10 years of my life traveling around and riding horses and falling off horses. Um, but I met some amazing people and, and got to, to ride some great horses and went you know, to, to various different um, Olympics. And yeah, it was just, I learned so much from those those people I worked with um, around if, if something's not right in your immediate environment, you just change it. So when I finally settled down and got married, um, it was a bit of a shock to system. Um, I was in my early thirties and all of a sudden there I was as a military wife um, and not working. And it was really strange. And I remember asking, all of the spouses that were on my, uh, we lived at Deep Cut at the time. Um, and, you know, I knew nothing about the military. I was completely, I just was very wet behind the ears. And yeah, I just found it a really odd sort of place really, because in the sense there was an amazing community. Uh, I think I remember when my son was born, um, I had literally three weeks of meals delivered to my door oh. from all these amazing women I didn't even know some of them had people one of the ladies Jules on the, on the patch at the time had arranged for every single um spouse or partner on, on the patch to actually cook a meal for me uh, and my husband um which was delivered to my door um every single night for for the best part of three weeks which was incredible and I had people that were they had they had their husbands. It was when we were in Afghanistan, so they had their husbands on tour. They had children of their own, and they still did it. And I just remember at that time, it really hit me how amazing a community that we were, that we were sort of um, we were in, and that when I tried to get work, I found it really difficult. And so I asked them, "What? How do you work?" And they all said, "Forget it. You know, don't you know? Don't even go there. Don't go. We've lost our careers." Um, a lot of people say, "You know." You knew what you get. You you knew what you were getting yourself in for. You knew that when you got married that this is this was going to be difficult. But you don't actually know until you're living it 
how difficult it is, you know, the, the regular moves. Um, and something I noticed about the people around me was that they just had an amazing ability to just get things done. And we don't complain. We we have to move a lot, move the children, husbands are away a lot, wives are away a lot. So it was really challenging and it was understanding that. So I spent the best part of the early sort of years of two, two and a half years, really, researching and asking. I remember carrying Harry, he's he's nearly 12 now, but carrying him around as a tiny little baby and knocking on doors. I'm sure there's spouses out there that, that they will remember. And I'd say to them, did you work? And they, I'm, I'm, my name is Helen, I'm just asking. Yeah. And they said, yeah, we did, we did work. Um, uh, but we really missed it. And there was doctors and surgeons and physiotherapy, all these incredible people that had these amazing careers. And they just said, can't get a job for love and money you can't even get a job in the local supermarket because they see that you're they know that you're going to move on because of your address and there were actual recruitment agencies that would know the name of the the road that the spouses were on so they were actually if they they'd say the people say pretend you live on a different street name a different street but recruitment agencies were savvy to this so they'd say you've just moved to the area and you're living in I don't know, Gloucester or Andover, whereabouts are you living? What street are you on? And then it would be like, they'd immediately know that they were a military spouse. And if they, so they, so spouses were really, and other spouses would say, just don't say you're, do you not say anything about being related to the military. So that's really how it started. And yeah, it was a, a very long, <laughs> long journey to where we are today. I've got about a hundred questions from that. I'm going to go with my first one, which is, so how did you, did you, you meet your husband when you were out working with the, with the Olympic teams when you were out or did you, was it back in the UK or Australia or? So I came back through, um, I came back from New Zealand and then I started working in horse racing um, because I realised there was no point in me trying to become a, <laughs> trying to become a rider because that was just a failure on so many <laughs> levels. Um, so I uh, decided to start to be a, a writer because I've always wanted to write. So I was, um, I ended up being an editor for a, a trainer, mag European trainer magazine. So I was interviewing trainers and jockeys and, and, and I loved that oh. job. I was the races and I was interviewing all the um you know I, I did a little bit with Channel 4 for a bit and I just just loved that bit of it sort of interested in it I wasn't actually a journalist because people don't say I was but I'm more reporting on uh horses injuries and and trainers and that sort of thing so I was working for a, a trainer and met my husband uh, that way so yeah knew nothing about about he knew nothing about horses and I knew nothing about the military what was it like entering that military world then as for someone who was who was new to it or what was it what was that experience like oh, I think the first thing I found really odd and all my friends like oh it's gonna be great you know you're gonna be going to balls and moving to lots of different places your, your civilian friends think you have this really odd life of dressing up and going out to balls and you know it's it's just you know did I it's a great but it actually it was my first impressions were quite wow what an amazing community but equally that you were just the wife of and so you lost all identity so everything was in your husband's name you were you know when you went to a dinner night you had no life you weren't expected to work and the questions were asked like so they you know they nobody ever said do what what do you do because they yeah. they just assumed that you didn't work so you had no identity and I found that really strange um that they just weren't interested in what the wives were doing so yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that kind of follows into my next question, really. Of then, if you had kind of already answered that, of what was there any transition to becoming a military spouse then? But you've kind of already explained the the challenges that were, were already there. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, I'm, so, I'm going to kind of ask it anyway. What was the transition like becoming a military spouse? Because obviously, all these words pop up when people say military spouse. I think the main word you always see is resilient. I think is a word that I always see flying around. We always see flying around. Um, um, what was it like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I talk for so many other spouses when I when we talk about. We're funny enough doing a resilience week at the moment with our teams and so many military spouses will say I'm not resilient and I don't like this word resilience stop using it but we talk about it in a way because you're quite often you're well you're often put in situations that you don't want to be in in the sense that you're you know you've just settled into a new area you think you're going to be there for another year you've made a couple of friends you know the local cafes you've got a little routine going you found a good you know you just found a few things you know where just you found your little tribe and then all of a sudden he comes home and says, we're moving. And we're moving in six weeks. And you're like, but I don't want to move. And it's like, we haven't got any choice. And, and I think it's being put in that situation that so many regularly, or I'm coming, I'm going, I'm going on tour. I'm going on tour for six months. What do you mean you're going on tour for six? I've just, I've just got a tiny baby. I'm pregnant. You can't yeah. go on tour. And it's these things that they, it's not of any fault. It's just the nature of the job. It's just the nature. But you just get used to it. You get used to moving into a house that you had a, your kitchen was okay the next one is awful the next bathroom is awful the next garden is nice but the bathroom or the school is great and the garden is terrible or you're living in front of a, <laughs> a pylon or the next one is a great beautiful you know garden with lovely views so every time it's, there's a new challenge there's a new opportunity but equally there's always every opportunity lies uh, instead of every good bit there's always good and bad wherever you go yeah definitely I mean what made you then want to start Recruit for Spouses? You obviously saw, but you spoke previously about this, there was obvious, there, there's this gap that's going on right now, um, but you'll be able to explain it far better than I will. So <laughs> first, the first thing is belligerent. I think I just, um, I just felt that it was really unfair, that it was all about, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it was all about the men, it was all about the, the, them. Your husband was going out, getting fit, promoting, having this amazing career, and yet we were just left to stay at home and we expected to stay at home and there was no nothing else that was it and it's no, no fault of the military it's not their fault they, they recognize us as these people but that was it we were just wives that did stayed at home and that was it and I just felt that was really unfair because there was this amazing community that could actually add value to the military community not just because a happier wife and you've got happier fam family life and the basic needs like being able to go and see your parents if they're 200 miles away, just getting in the car or going out for lunch or the basic needs that we, if you don't have your own money, having your own money and earning your own money, I think is so important for military families and they need to have two incomes. It's, it's no longer uh, nice to have people. So talk so much about, you know, only one income family, but actually we needed to earn money and buy our own homes. And I think it was such a, a necessity at that time, but, the interesting thing was at that, that moment was how much people said it wouldn't change and that it wasn't going to change. And going back to the days when um, I worked for a, a really great New Zealander and he'd won the gold medal Olympics and he'd won two golds at the Olympics and he'd won the world championships that year. And I never forget he was being tested at this dressage, which is, you know, you don't need to sort of simulate it if you know horses to, to ballet, I suppose, and you're, you're marked on your mark, you're marked by three judges. And he came back and this one mark was wrong. And he said, that's wrong. And somebody turned around and said, but you can't, you can't question the judge. The judge's decision is final. You cannot change that. And he got off the horse, he handed it to me and he said, watch me. 
And I was like, everybody was like, no, 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 don't, don't change it. You can't, you can't ask them to. And everybody's stopping up to the, the judge's box and saying, why did you mark me wrong? And nobody had ever done that. And he came back and they actually changed it. They changed the rule. And he said, you can change things. You've just got to ask and you've just, don't be rude about it, but just, so I had that inside of me. I thought, I'm just gonna help four spouses on my patch. That's all I'm gonna do. That's why it's called Recruit Four Spouses. And it was, the name was, was <laughs> you know, a couple of glasses of wine and a few friends. <laughs> and everybody just thought I was totally barking. And even Neil came home one night and I said, I've got this idea, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start Recruit Spouses. And he said, oh my God, are you mad? <laughs> so it was started small really at the beginning, I think was was key. And, and that's that's how it did, it started started small. Oh, but now, I mean, it's it's become so much bigger now. What was one of the most challenging aspects of getting it to where it is now? I could talk for hours, days, I bore you. <laughs> oh, no, most... oh, no. I'll ask for the most <laughs> the most specific one, we'll say. The most specific <laughs> challenge that, st- that, that jumps out then. <laughs> well, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, my father, within three weeks... Um, of launching Recruit Spouses, um, my dad had a really serious stroke. So I had to, um, I was living in Warwickshire, no, Wiltshire, sorry, at the time. Um, and we had to, I was driving, so Neil was again working, um, had two very, very young children. I think my son was probably, he was 18 months old. And so I'd bundle him in the car at the end of the day and I'd drive down to Wales and I was sort of semi-caring for my dad. And, and dad had a really serious stroke and, um, yeah, it, that was that was a huge challenge. And starting a business and doing that, and having two dogs, and a husband in the army. But for me, it was a focus. It was something I, I needed. It just needed to be done. I needed to do something, and I just felt that. And I always made it about the spouses. It was never about me. Um, it was always their voice. And and when we registered, we had hundreds of people emailing how desperate they were. And I knew that there's so many people that want to work, and still to this day there's spouses that need that support and yeah. need that nurturing so it was that propensity to to, to just get it done and make some change really oh wow what do you think i mean you probably you know way better than myself what what is what is still the biggest challenge than facing military spouses and partners at the moment i think the um, military as a whole is changing so much now and it really is and it and, and again i always say to my team i've got a brilliant team um and i couldn't i don't you know i couldn't do any of it without them now um don't forget how it feels to be that spouse sitting at home with the husband gone out or wife gone out to work and you you just think what do i do i don't know anybody i've just moved to the area i'm feeling a bit low when you can't even reach out how just don't forget how that feels because when they email in we've got to be that support for them we've got to be there for them and i think the the military is changing at such a a prodigious speed so fast that we actually have to stop and think what can we do what's best for this person here so every person has a unique uh challenge or a unique need and i think for example, the Navy, I, I speak about that a lot. Um, they, they're away, I spoke to um, Anna Wright, who's the CEO of the uh, Naval Families Federation. And, you know, she's another lady and obviously you should speak to. The Naval Families are very much, uh, there's a lot of demand on them at the moment, um, away a lot on sea draft and they have little shore drafts that aren't very long. And when, during COVID, when they come back, they've had yeah. their, the serving personnel have to go into to isolation. So. They're really feeling that. And, and I, our teams that are working that are Navy spouses are really, really feeling that. So there's a lot of, 
emphasis along uh, around separation and, and we we support that now is, is separation so there is a lot of work that still needs to be done around supporting spouses in work as well as into work yeah uh, how do you do, do you deal with it obviously because uh, the British Armed Forces are scattered all over the world do yeah. you do you expand just from the UK because I know we, we mean there's there's places all over the world from you know Germany yeah. to America yeah, we've got spouses all over the world. I mean, we're helping spouses. The great thing that we, we love is that they register with us. They can register anywhere in the world and we'll, we can coach them. We're coaching spouses all over the world at the moment. Um, and they will come back to the UK and be ready to, to work, which is a great thing. So we can uh, it just uh, literally just um, hit the ground running, which is, which is really exciting. So that's a huge thing for us. And our coaching program is, is integral to that that sort of success really oh brilliant can you just explain to our listeners then what recruit for spouses what you can do for military spouses there's a military spouse listening right now who isn't in work what can you what could you do for her or him i think the first thing that a military spouse thinks of is oh gosh i couldn't i, I couldn't think no i can't even think about work and they put all these barriers up um i talk a lot about uh, mel who used to work for us she uh, worked for Jamie Oliver for 10 years and she lived next door to me um, and she had so many skills and she'd worked for him for 10 years, done all his book work, all his TV work, had these amazing stories, but she was so modest. And I remember with a glass of gin and saying, come on, just do a couple of hours, just do a couple of hours for me. She said, no, 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 I couldn't. And she, she had, wasn't even really on LinkedIn or had no sort of um, self-belief really and confidence in, in, a, in her own abilities. And we were very, very lucky to have her and she I described spouses a bit like fledgling birds as they, they they're in the little nest and they they kind of look as if they start to fly and then they go back to the nest they start and then once they fly it's a oh gosh I cannot tell you the amount of times I hear these stories nearly every day now of our spouse that you you hear that first phone call with them and they'll say oh gosh you know I'm working in Aldi at the moment I, I don't really know what I can do but I've got to move and I'm like well we put them on the coaching program and now they're like directors or they're managing teams or they're and it's so amazing to see but the most important thing is we, we it doesn't matter what they're not doing or what they're doing we will just get them and if they need coaching we, we do a really good um I had to you know talk about it the other day a wheel of life which is in the coaching we really look at what you enjoy with a Venn diagram around what's your passion what do you enjoy you've got to make money out of that and you know you talked about uh, sort of the mill spouse network which is we're seeing literally a revolution with military spouses and it excite it's so exciting to see military spouses who are starting their own businesses but yeah. you don't always whatever you want to do it you, you can start a small business you, you whatever you want to do work we can help you and, and sort of direct you in that right way but the coaching is such an integral part of that absolutely fantastic i'm going to be cruel now and ask you what your favorite success story is i know you have a thousand i know you're going to be put on the spot but i'll just say one of to make it easier <laughs> I, i'm going to start with telling you um a story that is my least favorite because only because it, I think it makes me, brings me to, it's, it's quite emotive really. Um, um, and it's very sad, but it's, it's kind of kept me going. And I think a lot of people think my, my motivations are, are about money or, but it, but for me, it's about the spouse and how we change that. And there was a time and it was probably about six years ago now where I was sitting next to a very lovely lady. Um, I won't mention her name. Um, 
And she was a nurse and she was talking to me about how difficult she'd found moving and being a military spouse. She didn't have children. And we had this, it was a dinner night, we had it, it was very loud. We were just having this chat and she scribbled a number down. I said, look, I'll give you a ring and we'll have a chat. Um, and, you know, we'll just we'll just keep you know in touch. But don't worry, because we, we can help you. It's not, not a problem. I said, oh, it's fine. I'm just not in a very good place at the moment. And But I will reach out and I will, you know, look at your what you do. Um, and three months later, um, she'd committed suicide um, and she lost, yeah, she, she took her own life. Um, and obviously that's not our fault. It's not nothing to do, but I think, and that's an extreme case, it really is. But that moment made me think, I'm never going to let this, I'm never going to let a spouse down again. I'm never going to not phone or not make that spouse feel that they've, they come in through our doors and they leave feeling better about themselves. They leave feeling that they've got to, to do it. So my focus is so much um, on them and how we can help them and change their lives and, and really make things better for them. And then, you know, you've got the success stories of, I mean, so many now that I, I can't even begin to, to tell you. People who haven't worked for many, many years, people, I mean, Fijian community, we, we're supporting a lot of the Fijian community now. Uh, we're supporting a lot of special forces spouses and people that have not worked for so long um, but when you see them get some skills get some that it's uh, you know we had one lady recently who um, was in and out of our support network for about five years um, and she she had coaching and she did a few jobs here a few jobs there and then we put her on to Virgin and uh, she was a customer service sort of thing um, and we got the phone call from Virgin, from Richard Branson's team in New York, oh. saying they liked her so much, they've offered her a job as director to one of the communications teams. And for me, I mean, that made my year. I was just so happy for her because her husband was medically discharged. She ha she's got a disability. She's got three young children. And you just think, gosh, that's, you know, and that's the team that's doing it. It's nothing to do with me. And I get random things sent to me. Like I had brownies last week sent to me oh. from someone I've never even met because she'd got a job. And you see these, these women and then men as well um, that are getting these incredible jobs. And I feel such, so happy and such pride for them because I know that, if they're working in gainful employment where they're really feeling empowered, the change in the community is incredible, really. It really is. It's so, so incredible. That's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think one of the things that's shining through is just how passionate you are about it, which is, which is I think, fantastic. I think that was, I mean, I, what do you think, considering, you know, I mean, we have spoken about that briefly, but what do you think, We, I mean, what's the best thing about being a military spouse because obviously we've spoken about the hardship of trying to find work and then moving around and everything but there's obviously another side to that as well what do you think the what's you know the best thing about being a military spouse in your opinion i think dealing with we can do with stuff really <laughs> i just think you throw a problem at a military spouse and they will sort it out and and uh, virgin are seeing this now they've they we've got a team of spouses that are working 365 days a year 24 hours a day seven days a week and they just keep putting more and more pressure on them and they say they don't break they just they they support each other but they don't complain they just get on with it so i think that ability there is actually there's um evidence now there's 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 actual evidence out there to to demonstrate that the neural pathways are actually stronger in a military spouse than in, in a normal civilian because we're being put in these regular difficult situations that we're used to just thinking 
okay, so my furniture doesn't fit. I know that sounds really a really basic thing. For some people, that means quite a lot, you know. Um, you can't really decide where you're going to live. A lot, of, a lot of things are taken out of your control and yeah. you just, you get used to dealing with all that you can control and, 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 and not being in control of a lot of things. I think that teaches you so much. And I think yeah. when you speak to civilians and you hear them complaining about certain things, you <laughs> try not to try stifle a laugh, not that you think you're better than them at all. But we always say that military spouses have this inner confidence that they could quite happily make coffee for everybody in the, you know, in the sort of office but they'd quite happily put the bins out and then do a presentation because they're never too proud or too that's not my job they just just do it they i mean my team is incredible they just get things done and when clients come in it sort of seeps out to clients because they see that as well and they see what we're going through and they they just they're so amazed by it really oh absolutely that's a great answer i loved it that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic but now i want to know a little bit more about you so i want to know where was the favourite place you were stationed? Where's the favourite place? Because, I mean, where have you been? Have you been abroad as well? I've got friends that are in Malaysia and Australia and Africa and all these <laughs> amazing places. And I'm quite, you know, America, New York, you name it. And um, we nearly got a posting to Australia once. I was very excited about that. Um, but, yes, my, my posting has been really glamorous. They've been Deep Cuts. They've been Gloucester. Nice. Um, and Wilt Bristol, <laughs> nothing except the M4 corridor. <laughs> so, um, as a charity is, that sends families away on a holiday, how important was having an opportunity for a holiday and a break while your husband was deployed? Did you find that quite an important thing? Yeah, definitely. And I've got to say, actually, Alex, that what the role that Give Us Time do is so so important. I think it's a brilliant charity and amazing. And I think that reconnection um, when they come back from being overseas is so so important because it's I think the pressure on military families is such that they come they they go away and they come back and then all of a sudden you've got family going come and see me your friends and you're you're pulled from position here to pillar to post so I think for a family to actually go away we're somewhere where it isn't home and isn't military isn't military is so so important and I think it's a great brilliant thing that you do it really is amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, hearing that from, you know, so someone like you, it's just fantastic to go in here. And I mean, it, that means a lot. It really, really does. And, it, and, and also very, very important. I think I know what the, the answer is going to be to this, but what does family mean to you? So I know what, what people, what you will hear a lot of people saying that it is, my family is obviously a priority. Everything to me, as everybody would say, um, but it's a driving force for me to be better and to strive to be better. Um, I think, honestly, I'll be really honest. I think I've failed. I failed them a lot because uh, they would say, mum's always working. Whenever she goes on holiday, she's still working. And we go back to that time of I've put um, military spouses before my family on many, many occasions. And I, I think that's a fault of mine, I think, because... But my, I sort of said to my children, what do you think about that? And they go, oh, well, you know, we're used to it now. But if somebody phones, if they're, you know, they're the doctors, I'm, I pick up the phone and I, I haven't always um, put my children, I usually put my children first, of course, but work has been a big driver for me. And I think it's it's been really hard on my children um, and they find it really tough. And I think that it's just because I felt that it's something that I needed to do. Um, so they haven't, they, they if almost anything, they really felt it the hardest. 
um, of me not being around, not being here, and quite stressed as well. Quite not necessarily stressed, but just a lot of things going on for us where it would have been easier for me to go, do you know, I'm not going to do this because as a military family takes priority over everything. Um, and actually for me, it was, for my children, it was tough because I was always away working and trying to get work for spouses. Yeah. Oh. Do you have any, um, I mean, it's just from that, from your answer there, do you have any coping mechanisms then to go and deal with it? How do you, to try and balance that out? Because it sounds incredibly stressful and incredibly hard. Yeah, I mean, I've got an amazing support network of, of friends, supporters, everything. I'm really, really lucky and I, I get supported by um, Veterans Aid. You know, they're brilliant at supporting me as a person, but also my team. Um, and I think just just having that time away is is really really important with your family we we go to Pembrokeshire a lot to see family we just switch everything off and we just spend that time together we've been abroad so it's just it's really really important for me to spend that time with them yeah. uh, and they yeah they they do say come on mum let's switch off the computer let's go out somewhere um but yeah the the children are great I'm very lucky really am oh fantastic I actually do have one final one I'm and um, I asked this question to um to Jess from Millspo um and it is what advice would you give an, a new military spouse entering this community um what would your advice be I think um we get a lot of new military spouses that google us and then reach out I think it's don't be so hard on yourself try not to plan too much and um just embrace it I mean people just say that a lot but it really is go next door knock on your neighbor's door and just say hi or just embrace the community because they are an incredible community and online as well um jesse's community there's a military co-working hub there's some amazing uh, communities now that are supporting other military spouses so there's a lot out there that you can that you can get which i wish was there when i started <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's i think and i think the most important thing now is if there are any listeners here who are in that position, how would they go about getting in contact with you and finding you? So we're on, if you Google recruitforspouses.co.uk, we've got a Facebook group, we've got an Instagram, Twitter, we're on all social media, just um, Google uh, Recruit for Spouses, we're there. But yeah, inquiries at Recruit for Spouses, they can email us any questions. Um, and we've got coaches, we've, we've got a coaching programme that we're running. We do loads of skills, the digital skills we're doing, a lot with um, Facebook and Google, giving them sort of marketing digital skills, which is brilliant. Um, and we're doing a resourcing um, class in April, all free for spouses. We get sponsored by the corporate. So we're doing that, which is, so yeah, anything they need, um, just just get in touch. Oh, wow. So you've got some really exciting projects coming up as well. Is this is this, is this all newest is this, or is this, you know, is this it's new so stuff you're doing? Yeah, it's something we've been working on for a long time and we've got, um, so we've got a really good pipeline now. It's taken about five years to get it right and tweak it, but um, essentially we get spouses that most of them haven't worked for a long time and we train them into being uh, resource specialists. So they work for companies like Rolls-Royce, uh, BAE Systems, um, and they work from home. They have all their laptop, everything supplied. They have a really good team so we've got spouses and we got obviously work with virgin and uh, yes we train them into the role into the brand and then they work for that company and they usually work for us for about six months and then they go and work for that company so yeah it's it's really exciting and to see this that we, we 
they don't have to go through that awful job application and, and, and sort of applying for jobs and get rejected. So they come in to us and if they pass all the, the you know, phases, which most of them do, um, we put them back in to, for upskilling if, they, if they, they're not ready. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll get work. So that's the plan that we are improving that pipeline of, of spouses into work. But yeah, we've got spouses all over the world now working in America and um, yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time. Oh, I mean, and to make it even easier for people going and listening, I'm going to put the Recruit for Spouses website and their social media in the link in the description. So if you just open that description, it will be there. You can go and click on that because I think, you know, such a helpful service, such a useful service, um, definitely tackling one of the one of the problems, which um, I think is is a, is a recurring problem, I think, as well. Um, so this yeah. is it. Yeah, definitely. So this has been this has been absolutely brilliant. I think you've answered all of my questions, which has been amazing. <laughs> so lovely to talk to you, and you're so enthusiastic and, and very good <laughs> you as well. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, this has been really easy just because you've been so great. This has been, this has not been, like, this is, I, you know, this has been, this has been so easy and so fun to do. So I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much, Halef, for joining us. This has been absolutely brilliant. I mean, a really interesting podcast, really, I think, if, if there are any spouses and partners listening i think this has been incredibly helpful like i said previously the link will be the, the link for recruit for spouses will be in the description below so if you want to go and contact her click on there and then you can send her team an email um make sure to follow them on social media as well they're brilliant we follow them on social media they're fantastic and also make sure to follow give us time on all social media please follow us on spotify subscribe to us on youtube um and thank you all so much for listening thank you very much Bye bye Bye-bye. Thank you, Alex.